0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at InterstateBatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable.
1: You're listening to the Average Conservationist Podcast, brought to you by Go Hunt and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Sign up to become a Go Hunt Insider today at Gohunt.com com two percent for conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife one percent of your time plus one percent of your money equals two percent for conservation two percent helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about whether you're into fishing hunting or just getting outdoors two percent can help you not only start giving back to wildlife but get certified for it Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitments as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside, and giving at least 1% of time and dollars back to fish and wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. What's up, everyone? Happy Thursday. I hope everyone has had a great week up to this point. Uh, one more day till the weekend, so hang in there. Welcome back to the Average Conservationist Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Ewing. Uh, today on the podcast, I am joined by Tony Burleson, and Tony is the master roaster and founder of 2% Certified Dark Timber Coffee Company, uh, and this was a conversation that I had been um, looking forward to for a few weeks uh, as we had scheduled it. Um, I've been drinking dark timber coffee for a few years now. I'm a big fan of the brand. Uh, they offer some great coffee, a lot of different options in terms of how you can uh, you know, make, make that coffee, so it was cool to... Hear kind of the origin story of Dark Timber, where the name came from, where Tony's love for coffee uh, originated, and kind of how the outdoors and conservation, uh, and the idea for a coffee company and a brand that really catered towards um, you know the backcountry enthusiasts, uh, how that all works, and um, you know hearing Tony's vision and kind of seeing it all um, come to fruition, um, since the start of the company has been really cool. And it was cool to hear about, you know, what that journey looked like for him. Uh, we get a chance to kind of have Tony share some hunting stories from this past season. Um, we also get to talk, well, we get to tease about, um, some, some new products that, uh, that dark timber has coming out this year, uh, which I'm sure like many of you are excited about because, you know, the single serve off um, single serve options that Dark Timber offers right now are something that kind of really sets them apart, um, especially in terms of, you know, backcountry. Uh, again, enthusiasts that are, you know, looking for their cup of coffee in the morning. So, you know, really fun conversation. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. And we kind of get to talk about um, in-depth brewing and roasting of coffee. So for the coffee lovers out there, you guys are definitely going to enjoy this episode. Episode 40, episode 40, Tony Burleson. Enjoy, guys. Before we get into today's episode, though, I want to take a minute to tell you about the partners over at Stone Glacier. Uh, If you have not already, definitely be sure to download the Stone Glacier app, uh, whether it's iTunes or Google Play. Stay up to date on all the latest happenings and offerings from Stone Glacier. Uh, Just last month, they came out with their new Evo 6900 pack that uh, is bomb-proof and is great for those 7-10 to day trips uh, into the backcountry. Uh, and also, whether you're looking for an outer layer, an outer outer layer, a base layer, a mid layer, uh, Stone Glacier has everything um, you know from skin to outer layer in terms of gear, uh, as well as some great sleep systems, sleeping bags, and tents to go along with that. So, if you haven't already, be sure and check them out, StoneGlacier.com. All right, with me today I have the founder and master roaster of Two Percent Certified Dark Timber Coffee Company, Tony Burleson. Tony, how are you today?
0: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for uh making some time.
0: Oh, no problem. No problem.
1: Yeah, no, I'm uh <laughs> I'm excited to to sit down and, and talk coffee in, in the outdoors with you. So this is uh this is uh one that I've been looking forward to for a while. So I'm glad we're able to make this happen.
0: Awesome, man, me too. I'm glad we could.
1: Yeah. So uh <clears throat> first I kinda wanna start off kind of at the beginning here and Tell me about, you know, what the outdoors looked like to you when you were kind of first introduced to it, um, you know, when you really fell in love with the outdoors.
0: Yeah, that happened at a really early age, man. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, um, you know, Western Washington. And, you know, like the outdoors is kind of ingrained in you um, there from a very early age. And whether it was steelhead fishing on the rivers, starting at like, you know, four or five years old, you know old enough to be able to cast a rod uh blacktail hunting um grouse hunting kind of all that stuff so uh yeah well over 30 years ago
1: okay now is that something you started was that like a, a family tradition did your dad and your grandpa is that is that who really got you involved with it
0: oh yeah absolutely yeah my father my grandfather you know kind of like the american tale right it's just uh kind of a tradition you know yeah
1: yeah, I find that um, a lot of people that I've spoken to have, kind of have that same um, rich family tradition in, in terms of the outdoors and, and getting started at a young age. And, you know, even uh-huh. some of them that I talk to say, you know, they can't remember a point in their life when, you know, they weren't heavily involved in the outdoors. Yeah. So so now, um, is that where the company started? Was there in Washington?
0: Yeah, uh, Dark Timber started in uh, Washington. okay right now we currently reside in montana so we moved the warehouse the roasting uh, equipment all that stuff over to ennis montana uh basically last january
1: okay so i was in ennis mid-september of this year
0: um oh so you probably drove right by us
1: yeah so i was uh we did anyone who's listened has has heard me tell this story a few times but um, my family and i did like a western road trip and uh, we went up to Bozeman for a few days and uh, uh-huh. met with met with Jared and stuff and stayed there and did some hiking around. And then the plan was, there's a little campground there in Ennis. It's like 10 or 12 spots right on the river. I can't eat, I don't even remember what the name of it was, but it's one of those first Valley come. Garden. There you go. That's it. Uh, first come, first serve type things. And uh, I was like, oh, we'll go there for a day. I'll get some fishing in. Kids can run around playing the river and everything. And then uh, from there, we were planning to go down to Yellowstone. Well, of course we get there, and all the spots are taken up, and I'm like, "Well, shit, I don't, (laughs) I don't really have a backup plan here." So fortunately, we're able to just cruise down to Yellowstone and just stay there. But uh, yeah, it's a a beautiful little town there, man. I really liked it.
0: Yeah, and this is super rad. It's um, you know, when we're talking about moving the business, right? It's like you don't want to move twice, right? Because I don't know if you ever had to move a business. Um, you know, we're not super big, but. there's a lot of moving parts to something like that right so it's like we knew we were we were exiting washington uh and we're like well let's let's pick a spot that we love and you know a spot that we can go do all the things that we like to do uh kind of in one spot right right kind of boiled that down and boiled that down and you know bozeman was just a little bit too populated for us yeah um you know the growth up there and the kind of the urban sprawl so um, you know, we landed on Ennis and it's such a great place, man. The the people here are just totally awesome. They've totally like put us into the fold and um you know, we get a lot of support locally, which is really cool because you know, in Seattle, you know, having roasting businesses from the very early two thousands, you know, you still don't get that kind of um support from the locals, right? right. Um in Seattle it's just so crazy. So it was such a, a breath of fresh air to Have locals like constantly stopping in the shop and and, and just buying coffee, it was pretty cool,
1: yeah. No, it's uh, I I mean, I I remember well, we did uh, when we realized we weren't gonna be able to stay there, we uh let the kids, we got two young kids, so we let them run around. If there's like a little park uh, right there, Lions Uh, Park, yeah, yeah, kind of right at the end of town at the end of Main Street, there. And uh, I walked over to Willie's, grabbed some uh, grabbed some some spirits from there. yeah that's that's some good stuff. I actually and uh, Jared Frazier there had recommended that i uh, that I stop in there uh, when we were there uh, so no, I'm bummed that I didn't uh, realize you guys were there i would I would have made a call and stopped in to see you guys. Yeah,
0: we're like uh, from Willie's we're about three minutes. you probably you went right past us to get to Willie's.
1: okay are you guys in the right, right in the kind of the downtown area there?:
0: No, we're uh, on the highway like um, before you hit town.
1: Okay. All right.
0: So our warehouse is yeah just right off the highway. Uh, we don't have any big neon sign or anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, super close. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, no, that's cool, man. That's a that's definitely a, a great location. So yeah, we love it. Yeah. So no, no, let's let's get into Dark Timber now. So kind of take me back to the beginning and really where the idea for the company came from.
0: Yeah. So uh, like I touched on, I've been in the especially the coffee industry from, you know, about 2003 to now, uh, with different roasting businesses and cafes and things like that. And, uh, you know, with my last company, it it was getting on like year 11, right? Director Coffee Master Roaster for, for this company. And, you know, I really wanted to do something that tied into kind of who I was as a person. Okay. Right and what I wanted uh, out of a company and what I wanted a company to kind of stand for and be and, uh, and everything. And, and I kind of came up with the idea to have kind of the first like hunting coffee uh, company, right. right? Which is not a lot of people would, would do with time because it kind of painted you into a corner, right. So it kind of cut out a lot of uh, potential markets that you could go into, right. Um, because you've kind of, kind of uh highlighted yourself as as like a hunting brand right um but that was still something i was really passionate about and i felt really good about it uh so i launched dark timber coffee in uh, may of 2017 okay and it's just been going ever since
1: so how was it that you kind of got into the coffee game to begin with i know you said you've been doing it since you know the early 2000s but what was it i mean was it just like a passion for coffee you just always enjoyed it or something you kind of fell into and then grew to love it
0: no it's been something uh it's kind of like it's been around my entire life right so growing up um you know in a in a, an italian american family you know descended from uh, italians and you know our family uh Had a sausage company in downtown Seattle within that sausage company. There was a a espresso machine. Okay, right? So like age seven, I'm fiddling with the espresso machine (laughs) and making coffee and just became like this weird obsession ever since then So when I turned about I would say 18 19 I'd saved up enough money to buy my very first espresso cart and my first espresso machine and all my equipment Uh, and then I would found a location Then, and then from there, it just, you know, it's just been, it's been my life. You know, I've done it my entire adult life, you know.
1: Okay. No, that's, that's, that's cool to hear because sometimes I find that people kind of fall into something and realize they have a love for it. But yeah, that's, that's a cool story to hear that, you know, at a very early age, you know, you were tinkering around with, uh, you know, espresso machines and things like that. And then that just kind of grew into, you know, what you've been able to build now with Dark Timber.
0: yeah man that that's crazy to think about that I mean that had to be in about nineteen ninety I would say oh. <laughs> that, that happened
1: so how long did it take you from the time you had the idea for dark timber to actually getting it launched
0: hmm. uh because I'd had a lot of experience in that kind of thing it uh it didn't take as long um, as some you know processes take I would say from like from the idea to like it becoming something yeah was probably around eight months
1: okay that, that's not too bad i mean especially knowing kind of the the ins and outs of the industry and, and what you needed to actually you know produce the coffee that's that's that seems like a pretty reasonable amount of time
0: yeah i mean there's yeah yeah there's quicker ways to do it right if you wanted to use somebody else's coffee and just boom you know you right. can create a brand but you know when you're coming from a the manufacturing side and all that stuff you know it's, it's a little bit more involved
1: yeah and i'd imagine that you know being in the in the coffee game as long as you were and and kind of having this vision for dark timber that you wanted to put your own touch on it right you wanted to have something that you could call your own in terms of like the flavor profiles and, and things like that that you were offering
0: yeah i mean like yeah exactly like every blend every product that we carry roast uh, you know it's all stuff that i love right so it's all a direct reflection of of my personal taste, which is kind of a bad way to go about it. You, you <laughs> want the customer, right? The customer's always right. Uh, but uh, but right now, yeah, those are all direct reflections of, of of you know what I love in coffee.
1: Yeah. So now, kind of take me through the process. So what does that look like? From, I mean, I I, I know the only thing I know about coffee is how to brew it and that I like it, right? Like I don't understand any <laughs> of the process that I goes don't know how
0: into long it. Podcast to go, but uh, we can go down that rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, no, so, I mean, that's one of the things that, that I'm really kind of curious about is to, to pick your brain a little bit and understand, like, the process, like, how you're getting your beans to, to the roasting. So, I mean, you don't have to give me the the long, drawn-out, but um, kind right. of the, the, the bullet points, let's say.
0: Yeah, man. So we'll start with the sourcing part of it. So that's one of the most important parts of it, right? So you have sourcing, so you have to find good green. That's the key to everything is, like, exceptional coffees. And then you have to be very proficient at roasting those exceptional coffees be able to highlight everything that they have in terms of flavor and characteristics and things like that so you know what i do is i'll buy pretty much once a year um and it's kind of staggered out between origins okay um and i'll reach out to producers that i've already done business or like this year i'm flying back out to brazil you know to to buy and to cup and grade more coffee to potentially bring back up but it all starts at origin. So every year, uh, when we call them chops, when they first start coming out from, uh, from estates and co-ops and things at origin, I'll start bringing in samples of what this year's crop looks like for those origins, those estates, and those farms that I buy from. From there, we'll cup them. You know, we'll sample roast them. We'll cup them. We'll grade them. If we like them, uh, we'll keep that conversation going with that producer or that farmer. Uh, if we don't, then we'll pass on that one. Uh, and then source another one, maybe outside of that region that maybe had a little bit different glowing, uh, glowing, growing, um, uh, differences for that year. Um, but it all starts with the green and then from the green, we bring it in, it goes into a warehouse and then from there we'll bring it to the roastery. Um, and then, you know, we already kind of know in our head, like if it's a new blend or something, how we want that blend to be, we'll start constructing that blend and then putting it into production.
1: Okay. So now, when you say uh, it's all, it all depends on the green. Is that like, <clears throat> are you referring to like the 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 climate and the area that it's being grown in? Quality,
0: yeah, it's the quality of the coffee. So you have what's called commodity coffee, right? So first, you have two different you have a robusta bean and arabica an bean, right? A robusta bean is kind of the cousin of an arabica. The arabica is the only one that can be certified as specialty. Okay. Right. So if you ever see coffees that you're, you know, like bags that say like three times the caffeine or you know, like extra high voltage, right? That's typically <laughs> Robusta. And that's going to be a lower grade coffee, right? Okay. We don't typically buy, you know, we actually, we don't at, buy any Robusta coffee uh, in dark timber just because it doesn't meet our quality stand, uh, standards. Um, so we buy only 100% Arabica coffee. Okay. And then within that Arabica coffee, you have a grading system, right? So you have commodity coffee, commodity grade. Which is like the lowest, right? So you have stuff that goes off to your main instant. That stuff's, I mean, that's below commodity. Um, but you have commodity, which is like your, uh, you know, your grocery store brands that are six ninety nine a bag,
1: right? Right.
0: Well, you can't buy specialty coffee, and even you would lose money by selling it for six ninety nine a bag. Right? <laughs> okay. You just can't do it, right? It's just it's not possible. You know, you would just be selling it at a loss. Um, so you know, there's commodity coffee and then you get what's called specialty coffee. Right. And that's in that high 80 point uh, into the 90s. Right. So that's our buying and and sourcing parameters. We're in that like 89, 88 points and higher on all of our coffees. So when we're cupping coffees and we're we're sourcing them. So we're we're trying to hit those numbers and how we get those numbers is we have a a cupping score sheet. So we're we're grading body. We're grading acidity, sweetness all these things that you know are key points in that coffee and we're assigning a number to them right and at the very end of this cupping session we're all going to tally up our numbers average those out and then we'll get uh, then get an internal score so this isn't a, a certified score but it's an internal score of what we think that coffee is and if it if it if it meets those those cupping parameters and those score parameters then we'll take a second look at that coffee and then we'll start looking at other things within it moisture content things like that so the moisture contents are extremely important um so in the curing process of coffee you know if if it's got on the shy side let's say 10 percent moisture um unless you know the coffee's not going to last as long it's going to get what's called baggy you know it's just it's going to roast real quick you're going to scorch you're going to tip it so we're trying to hit that that nice thirteen percent moisture uh, content in the coffee, so that you know. So after the, the points uh, designation, then we'll look at those other factors, and if it starts to meet those other factors, then we'll bring the coffee in and put it into production.
1: Okay. Now, how many um, different like farms and potential distributors are you guys going through? or kind of sifting through till you find the right one, or is it, have you kind of got the process boiled down now to where you're, you know, there's maybe a handful of farmers and things like that, that you're dealing with that you're going, you know, their products always been good. You know, these, this is where we're going to start.
0: Yeah. You know, for us, we've boiled it down to a pretty much a core group of producers, uh, co-ops and some importers that we deal with exclusively. Um, You know, we don't, you know we will take in like solicited samples right so some farmers and some co-ops will send us stuff right we love that you know we love to see other stuff and and cup other coffees and just kind of see what's out there um but for the most part we try to stay within our circle and only when these key things can't be met within our circle then do we go out and we try to source those things outside of that right because we already have a process we have relationships all these things are already you know in place that make sourcing coffee from origin much simpler.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'd imagine that like any business, right? You have to, you have to build up a, a trust with whoever you're, you're buying from and stuff like that. And that, you know, building that relationship takes time. So yeah, if, if you can get everything you need from, you know, partners that you've already worked with in the past. Yeah. I got to imagine it's just much easier. Um, yeah. Throughout and the whole process. And just being able to
0: like first crack at stuff too, yeah. you know, like that's super important, you know, because, Let's say, you know, like one micro lot that I like to buy is the Munji micro lot out of one estate and there's like 12 bags of that, right? Okay. That's, pretty, that's it, right? So to be able to get offered that first is super important to me, you know, so that's where those relationships come in where, you know, we are able to get that coffee that maybe, you know, that nobody else will get in the world, you know, for that year, you know, so that's super important. So,
1: yeah, the the exclusivity to to certain things, yeah, can definitely really separate, you know, what you're offering compared to your competitors. So no, that's that's cool to hear about. So now you've you've chosen the beans, you've got everything back in the warehouse. So now, what does that roasting process look like once you get stuff into the factory there?
0: Yeah, so uh, we have daily uh, roasting schedules, right? So let's say this coffee is is uh, come into the warehouse, you brought in the roastery and it's gone into our production cycle. Um, in our roastery, we roast on a 35 kilo roaster. Um, so it's essentially uh, about a half bag, a half bag roaster. So half bag meaning that, um, you know, a full bag roaster is let's say 150 pounds per batch. Okay. You know, this one's about 75 pounds a batch, maximum capacity. So we don't roll it at maximum capacity. so. Uh, so yeah, we put it in the, the roaster. It's a drum style roaster. It has what's called atmospheric burners, or excuse me, IR burners, uh, which means infrared, uh, which means it has a very uh, even heat distribution of the, the two burners, which are massive. Um, and then the drum spins, right? Yeah,
1: I've, see, I've seen the videos and stuff like that that you guys have posted on Instagram. Yeah, that, that, that that's, that's what the, It looks like a really cool process. And that's what I've kind of wanted to learn about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So within the roasting process boil down is, um, you have a process where you're caramelizing sugars and coffee, right? Right. Like that's where the sweetness comes from. Um, you're, the roasting process is a slow, essentially a slow dehydration of the coffee to get to the, to the end product. Right. So okay. you're, you're tumbling that coffee within the roaster, you're applying heat, you're applying air, taking away heat, you're taking away air, to try to drive that coffee on what's called a bell curve, right, and, and develop it, right? So if you develop it properly on a bell curve, you're going to highlight all those flavors within that coffee, and that, that coffee's really going to shine. Now, if you had, let's say, like a, a constant temperature, right, so um, say it's a 12-minute roast, and it's at 400 degrees the entire time, you're going to get what's called baked coffee. Baked coffee has, like, no flavor. It's okay. essentially flavorless. Yeah, So once we've determined, uh, you know, the roast degree and all that thing has gone, gone right with the roaster and we, we have what's called a trier, which is kind of like a little, um, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's like a little sampler spoon that goes into the roaster.
1: Okay.
0: We're constantly watching how the the coffee's developed. Uh, if there's any scorching or tipping going on and if there is, we're going to try to, to make adjustments to that roast to try to stop that or very, you know, to, uh, you know to stop that to mitigate that a bit
1: okay uh, and
0: then once we feel like that that coffee is where it needs to be and where that coffee shines it's going to exit the roaster it's going to go into the cooling tray there's giant industrial fans underneath that cooling tray that pulls air through and that's called air quenching so then you're you're trying to stop that roasting process as fast as possible to keep it in that sweet spot
1: okay. and then from
0: there it goes off and then it goes off to the bagging line and gets bagged up
1: so this is, this is a way more intense process than uh, even I realized. I mean, I knew it wasn't just like, oh, you buy beans, you throw them in a bag, and you sell them, right? Like I knew there was a lot more that went into it. But it uh-huh. sounds like it's a very, uh, very technical and almost scientific process to get the beans to be able to highlight the flavors that you want, okay. make sure that they're not too dry and anything like that. And it sounds like it's something that you know, it, it takes, I don't know if necessarily trial and error, but it takes a lot of kind of fine tuning to get it, those beans exactly where you want them to be.
0: Yeah, it does. You know, and, and um, every day presents its own challenges to the roaster, right? So, you know, the, the coffee, you know, because it's a dehydrated product, right? Or what's called a cured product, green coffee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's either going to take moisture on or give moisture off, Right. So depending on how hot it is, the humidity, things like that in the air, so that's gonna, that's actually gonna have on a on a micro level uh, some challenges to your roasting on a day to day basis.
1: Okay. Now, the beans are they've all been roasted. You're ready to bag them up. Tell me about some of the different uh, not only flavors but like the different products that you guys offer too, because that's one of the things I really like about Dark Timber is kind of the different ways that you guys offer. Um, to be able to enjoy the coffee. And I think that all kind of ties into um, really your your idea for the company and kind of being uh, targeted towards, you know, the the hunter and the angler and, and the backcountry um, enthusiast, let's say.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, once they exit the roaster and they go to the production line, then they're back up in 5-pound, 1-pound, 12-ounce bags. Uh, and then we also have what you touched on, some single-serve options, right? So we mm-hmm. have our Ascent Pack which is like a full immersion pillow pack. Uh, and all these products are manufactured here. We have all the equipment to do it. Um, so it's it's all fresh, it's all ready to go uh, uh, when you order. Um, so we have the Ascent pack, which gives a flavor profile similar to like a French press, right? Okay. Like a French press, your your coffee's fully immersed in the water, right? Right. And extraction. This works the same way, it's just, uh, it's cleaner, right? So you're just gonna have this pillow pack, filter pack, then it's going to come out when it's done right when it's fully extracted or like us we just keep them in there um so that's sort of the product that's meant for you know the backpack hunter or the hiker or whatever um that doesn't want to carry that extra cup mm-hmm. right so that's a product that can be made directly in the jet boil okay right and that's why we came up with that product we want some that's super light super easy and that's honestly the ones that we reach for most of the time you know when we're heading out in the mountains uh, is that a scent pack um The next is, I'm actually sitting in our retail area, so I can grab some products. The next is the gravity pack. So the gravity packs are more of a pour over style
1: uh,
0: filter pack. So what you're going to do is you're going to take the filter pack out. It's going to look similar to the Ascent pack, though it has these little cardboard wings on it.
1: You're going to place it over your
0: cup. You're going to tear it open, and then you're going to pour your water from your jet boil or what have you through the filter pack in your cup. Um, this product you're going to need your own brewing cup or what we've done is sacrifice somebody's jet boil as the main <laughs> Cancer and then divvy it up at the end, right? We've, we've been there uh, So those are those are gonna give a cup profile that's similar to like a like a pour over or like a drip coffee Okay, right. So you're not gonna have that like sediment uh, that high sediment rate or that high sediment, uh, count that you would with like an ascent pack, right? What's a full immersion.
1: Right. Um,
0: cause that's just water falling through coffee. Right. The, the gravity pack. Uh, we also have, uh, the vapor pack line, which is, uh, our instant coffees that we make. Um, this one's the Mount Baker mocha. We have about four others that are coming out later this year, um, which we're really excited about. Uh, this is more of like a dump and stir coffee. So this is one where you're just gonna, again, you can use just your jet boil if you wanted to. Um, we've poured them directly in our mouth and switched some cold water
1: around <laughs> and just down them. Hard times know. out there. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: you know, you kind of leave camp and like crap. I, meant, I, you know, I left my jet boil or, or you just didn't even bring it on a day hunt or something. You just, just swish them around. But they're super easy. Um, they're individually packed, so you can just throw a handful in your in your pack and roll out. Um, I'm super happy, with them. we sell a ton of them. Um, So, it's a great product. Super easy. You don't, you know, you don't. There's no waiting. You know, you yeah. just kind of dump it in, stir. You're ready to go.
1: Yeah, and for for anyone that's yeah spent any amount of time uh, in the backcountry, I mean, obviously that that coffee first thing in the morning. I mean, that's that's your lifeblood, right? I mean, that's what what gets you going, especially yeah. if it's a you know a, a later season hunt and you need something to warm you up. So to have you know essentially three different options. Um, based on you know what whatever is most convenient for you is uh, is something that I think really separates you from from a lot of other people that are kind of targeting that uh, that outdoorsman or outdoorswoman yeah. that uh, you know wants to have a cup of coffee in the backcountry.
0: Right. No, I agree, hundred percent.
1: So now, as as far as the flavors of the um, the ascent pack, there, what uh, what does that compare to as far as um, like your other bagged coffee, like what? Is that like, I know you've got like the G4, the Timberline, yep. the Double Barrel, which one is that?
0: The the Ascent Pack has two, right? So we use a an Excelso uh, Colombian for one, and then we have the G4 blend in the other one.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. so
0: you have two versions of that. In the gravity pack, you only have the one version, which is gonna be closer to like a Double Barrel blend. It's actually, it's its own blend. Okay. Um, and then for the instant stuff, excuse me, we use our G4 blend
1: okay nice so well i guess one of the things i want to know is like where did the name come from i mean it's a very cool name um i mean it it just kind of makes you think of the outdoors so how did you come up with that
0: that's pretty much it man so uh i agonized over the name like you can ask anybody that was around me in the beginning i agonized over the name of this thing and there was probably a hundred different names that had popped out of my head and were written on my whiteboard you know, on my dry erase board and, you know, we're kind of dissecting each name and, uh, in terms of like relevance and, and just, uh, sorry, I got my dog below me. No, here. you're good, we're man. The noises. <laughs> Is there anything? <laughs> He's kind of needy. So he has to sit at my feet all the time. He went to the shop with me today. Um, but yeah, so about a hundred different versions of the name, uh, you know, we got, we went through all of them in terms of relevance and just like, cause it does it resonate? Does it feel right? Does it feel right? And then finally, you know, we were actually on an elk hunt in, in Idaho, North Idaho. Uh, and we were just sitting down drinking, you know, our first product was, was the, the Ascent pack. And we were like, yeah, we should just go down to that, like dark timber patch down there. And it just like, boom. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. And I just kind of looked at my buddy and I was like, dude, yeah, that's a pretty good name right there. Was, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's that, kind of it.
1: No, that's, that's cool. I and mean, sometimes I, I think that, um yeah that that's when kind of the creative juices are flowing when you're you're in you're in the outdoors you're kind of in the element you're you're doing what you love and and yeah sometimes someone just says something you're like yep that's that's what i need that's that's what's going to do it
0: it's funny it's like i didn't i agonized over every one of those names on that board and like just dissected them and then it's funny when that name it was just like like there was no uh, maybe it was just like, it's just fit like a, you know, like a, like a shoe, you know, it's just yeah. perfect.
1: Well, there's, I, when I think of dark timber, like it seemed like one, like it sounds like strong coffee, right? Like mm. I think, and then I also kind of think of like, hey, it is just going to kind of sound weird to say, but like, it's also a little mysterious, right? Like dark timber, you never know what's in yeah. the timber yeah. stuff like that, you know? But uh, no, it's definitely it be
0: ominous at times too. Either. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at what point, so you started in two, 2017, so at what point was it when you kind of said, all right, we've 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 really got something here? Immediately. Yeah. yeah. It was It was just, it was like the feedback and everything was just that mm-hmm. kind of overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> it was,
0: it's, I wouldn't say overwhelming, but it, uh, it, uh, You know, with any growing business, you have growing pains and you grow. And, you know, with this business, I didn't want to go to a group of investors and just ask for money. Right. Because then I felt like the company wouldn't evolve into its own flavor and its own thing. Right. It would be driven by a board of directors. And I've already been down that road and it's not a good thing. Right. You're beholden to somebody if you take their money. So the growth of the business was slow. Right. Slower than the normal because of that. Right. So it's like, whatever we had in the bank is what we could do. Right. And it was kind of like, you know, that's how it works. So, you know, there's a lot of other companies out there and especially in the supplement industry that, you know, had that money and grew very quickly. Right. Right. Um, but with dark timber, that kind of wasn't our story. So we wanted it to develop and to become its own thing. Uh, the response and the reaction to the, to the industry, because it was, it's kind of the first of its kind was very positive, um, put a lot of wind in our sails. Um, you know, it's, it was, it was a great thing right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of help from people in the industry in the beginning that we were already friends with. And, that I was already friends with that, that really helped it along and they were a huge help, you know, just to kind of get the name out there and get it in front of eyeballs, you know, whether they bought something or not, you know, it didn't really matter, but it, um, you know, it was, it was very uh, humbling for us uh, to receive that from them.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a, that's a great way to kind of, have, uh, an outlook, uh, especially when starting a business is, yeah, you, you know, you spend all this time and, and, and energy to come up with like a business plan to, you know, have this vision of where you want the company to go and, and what you want it to look like, what you want to be able to offer your, your customers. And then, yeah, if you start kind of asking for money from the outside and then you start getting kind of too many cooks in the kitchen, right. Everyone kind of has yeah, their own. Exactly. Yeah. And you kind of, your your vision, your idea, kind of gets lost uh, in, in all of that. So kudos to you guys for kind of sticking to your guns and doing things the way you wanted to do them.
0: Oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Hurts sometimes, you know, but it's, good, it's a good thing in the end.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. So now, obviously, you guys are are targeting the the outdoor enthusiasts, whether it's a hunter, or an angler, you know, whoever likes to to really spend time outdoors which kind of leads to, um, you know, being 2% certified. So kind of walk me through that process. How did you learn about 2% for, uh, 2% for conservation? What made you guys decide to want to get certified?
0: Uh, you know, I think the very first time I ever heard about it, I think, uh, was from Ty Stubblefield. Okay. Uh, we were doing a podcast like very in the very beginning and, um, know he had brought them up and then kind of put a bookmark in my brain you know that I wanted to like search them out because the conservation side of dark timber is kind of very important for us we're not as vocal about it uh, as other um, companies in the outdoor industry we just feel like it's something that should be um, sorry should be uh, a part of the company Um, but so when we we researched uh, two percent for conservation and we kind of um, we're going through them and then I think we started talking to, uh, uh, Jared, uh, about becoming the first, um, uh, certified coffee brand. And I think that happened, I want to say it happened in 2018.
1: Yeah, I think I was, uh, looking at your profile on, um, 2%'s website and yeah, I think 2018 is when you guys became certified, right?
0: Yeah. And, uh, it's been a positive experience. Um, You know, I can't say enough about uh, the organization, uh, the people that work within the organization, um, people that are just tied to it from an individual, from a business. Um, It's just a positive thing all the way around.
1: Yeah. And I was I was telling you that before we started recording that since uh, becoming 2% certified myself for for my company is that I only drink 2% certified coffee, right? Like it's, there's, there's a couple different options that I, that I really like. Obviously dark timber being one of them. And I told you I'm drinking a cup right now. It's, it's, (laughs) uh, it's, it's great stuff, man. And and I love what you guys are doing there. So keep it up. Oh, I
0: appreciate that, man. I'm glad you like it. It gets me pumped. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so what are some of the organizations that dark timber is giving back to?
0: So we partner, um, we give back to quite a few, right? Yeah. Both in like dollars and all that stuff. And, um, but what we really like to do is we like to partner with organizations. Like every year we partner with the, um, the theater Roosevelt conservation partnership and we do, what's called the Roosevelt roast.
1: Um, yep, I've so seen this that. is a roast,
0: Yeah. That like a hundred percent of the proceeds go to, uh, the TRCP. Yeah. Um, this year was a banger year for it. Um, I don't know what they did, but they uh, they hit that right tuning fork, you know, and, and resonated well with people. And they sold a lot this year. Um, you know, this was the biggest year for them uh, for for that blend. And and like I said, you know, so you know, we we donate all that money to them, and um, hopefully they can take that and do good things. We have a new blend coming out uh, at the end of this month that, um, a proceed, a part of that, that blend will go to a, uh, a specific Montana, uh, wildlife organization. Okay. So we're pretty excited about that one. I don't want to spill the beans too much. I sure. don't know when this is going to come out. Um, but I want to keep that one under my hat a little bit. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we donate a lot of our time, uh, out and doing stuff, you know, whether it's even, even stuff here in town with the fences and Um, cleaning up trash on the river and and stuff like that. So,
1: yeah. And I I like what you said, your uh, kind of approach to um, conservation where you're not kind of overly vocal about it and you're not, you you don't kind of overly advertise it. And and I I don't, I don't mean that in terms of like companies that maybe are very vocal about the work that they're doing for conservation, because in the end, it's all, it's all great, right? Like we're all working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But I, I'm a firm believer in kind of let your actions speak for, you know, whether it's yourself, your company, whatever the case is. So, yeah, I, I like that approach to, you know, the way you guys are, are giving back your time and your dollars.
0: Yeah, we never want to use it as like like a marketing point, right? Right. Where we're like, hey, look what we do is good, buy our products because we do good stuff, right? We just think that that's just something a company should do, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, whether it's in the outdoor industry, you know, with wildlife and wildlands and, and waters and things like that, or if it's, you know, with waste, because companies create a ton of waste, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I see it from a daily standpoint, you know, um, so if they're, if they're working on, on subjects like that, you know what I mean? That's, that's all great.
1: Yeah. Now you, you you've touched on it uh, a couple times here, but you said you guys have some new products coming out, um, this year. Without divulging too much, what can you tell me about some of these new products?
0: Man, I don't know if I can. Uh...
1: <laughs> so no, I don't want to put you on the spot, so don't think you have to, to, yeah, to give me. Yeah, there's
0: a lot of effort that goes into them, yeah. right? So, like, I don't want to say too much uh, about it, um, but we're there's an expansion of our regular uh, bag coffee line, okay. right? Um, quite a large expansion and this is going to be a slow rollout. So this is why I don't want to say much at all because <laughs> these are quarter one, quarter two, quarter sure. three, quarter four, no, that's kind of all things. Right. you know, so it's, yeah, it'd, it'd be, it'd be tough to just kind of give up the ghost and, uh, right away. But, um, we're expanding our, our bagged coffee line. Okay. We're expanding our single serve products. Um, we're moving into different categories of products Okay. Right. that are, um, that are outside of coffee, okay. right? Like, like roasted coffee and coffee products, but these are all products that tie back into um, the use of our products, right? So they're, they're things that you would use with our products. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're really excited about that. We've partnered with some other really cool companies uh, to, to bring some of those products uh, to our customers as sort of a one-stop shop um, kind of thing.
1: Nice. Well, no, I'm I'm definitely excited to see what you guys have roll out because, uh, you know, I, I've I've had different people on the podcast where they can talk a little bit about it or they don't want to spill the beans. Um, so I always try to push the envelope as far as I can to see <laughs> what people <laughs> are willing to tell me. To
0: just, uh, I would love to just tell you all the cool stuff. Yeah, you know that I've been burning the midnight oil trying to put together. Um, I think. It <laughs> It uh, would negate some of that effort, you know. No, no,
1: that, that, that's quite all right, man. And I, I appreciate you even telling me, you know, that you guys do have new stuff coming out. I mean, that that's good enough for me. Yeah. So as far as the conservation side of things, you, you kind of mentioned it, but it's it's a part of the company culture, right? I mean, how when right. when you guys are bringing in new people or you're expanding, just from a, a personnel standpoint, I mean, is that one thing that you're you're kind of looking for? Is people who have a passion for the outdoors, or is it, it is it? Do you find that people that you're looking for already kind of have that? You
0: know. With us, like the number one thing with us, man, if you want to work here, uh, if we've got an open position, is you better like coffee, right? <laughs> if you're knocking on our door and you don't drink coffee, sorry. You know. Keep on moving. <laughs> Keep on moving, right? It's, it, it's always one of those things. It's like how do you know if you're, you're like roasting good coffee or making good coffee if you don't drink it, right? Like, yeah. You have to drink it. Uh, so that's kind of number one. Uh, number two, uh, you know, we prefer that somebody's kind of in – the outdoor um space um uh, not from like a business standpoint from just an individual standpoint so they get it they get the applications of our products they understand right. it right they understand the importance or how cool that product is to put into your uh you know your backcountry kit you know uh and then from there uh they have to love and respect wildlife and wild lands and wild waters man so yeah that's pretty much it yeah. they got to be cool because we got to be around them all the time, right? <laughs> So you have to like there have to be somebody where you want to hang out with them,
1: you know yeah, well, let's one
0: second rip stop sorry he's whining
1: no, that's all right i have i've got a dog myself, and I have to like lock myself in my office because otherwise, <laughs> as soon as she like hears me talking and the door's yeah. open to my office, she'll come in, and you know her nail's on the hardwood floor, you can just hear a click 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 click, click, yeah. click i can I can hear her coming so i I've got to like close the door, so no, man, don't worry <laughs> and I've had plenty of people in the past too where. Yeah. you know we'll be halfway through the conversation like maybe their doorbell will ring or something something triggers a dog and the dog starts yeah. barking in the background so no yeah man. i'm
0: hoping nobody knocks on the door because i'm the only one in here today so <laughs> uh you know hopefully that don't happen but but yeah he's uh he's, he's doing okay he's just a pup so he's like constantly bored No, oh, yeah you know, so he's like whining
1: you yeah know. So now you were talking about the um, like the <clears throat> the specialty blend that you guys did with TRCP and yeah. how this year you guys kind of or TRCP and, and you guys really knocked it out of the park and, and sold a bunch of coffee and raised a bunch of money. Have you noticed this year? And I've kind of heard it both ways or seen kind of both sides of the coin, um, like the effects that like COVID have had like on your business. Have you guys yeah. seen uh, you know an increase in sales because more people are trying to get outdoors or? How, how did
0: we that affect saw, you guys? We saw a spike in our April sales,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Late March, April sales when, you know, in February when it came around, they were kind of they were kind of uneasy about what was going to go on, right? So there was a lot of misinformation. There was a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Um, but once the, the lockdown started, you know, once the stay-at-home orders, whatever you want to call them, started, yeah. um, you know, we saw a spike in our sales, so I would say it was like, late March, which was nice, right? But it was, um, it was short lived, you know, I would say it it went through April, and then started to die off in May, when people I think were kind of over it. Yeah, right. And then the the issues that we saw, uh, which were extremely difficult to deal with, were from a supply chain uh, standpoint, right. So when you have bags, and you have materials that, um, because there's no manufacturing of those products anywhere in the United States they have to be imported right? right there isn't a manufacturer where you can just go down the road and grab it you know um, these things have to be imported and because there was such a backup at the port mm-hmm. uh, you know all the ports it caused a backlog like nobody could believe I mean it was horrible it was absolutely horrible. And, um, so that, that threw some wrenches at us in terms of production and we had to get kind of creative on what we did and what we used, um, uh, you know, for packaging and things like that. But, um, yeah. And then the importing a coffee was a challenge. Sure. Um, you know, things like that. It, and then, you know, towards the end, you know, there was stimulus checks and things that went out into the mass populace, but, And you know, towards the end of the summer, I mean people's money were running out. Right. People were really hitting hard times, you know. So, you know, you started to see sales sort of level off and and get a little um, you know, sort of moving sideways, right? In a straight line, right. You know, as opposed to going up. You know, we didn't go down, but we didn't we didn't see those gains that we saw year after year before that, you know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And did you did you see or did it have an effect on you guys? Like, as you got closer to like middle of the summer, late summer, when people are starting to gear up for for the fall and everything like that, did you see things kind of start to go back to their normal trajectory? Yeah, once we
0: hit that valley, I would say after that main peak, um, that COVID peak, yeah, then uh, you know it was back to business as usual. Uh, you know, with us, you know, from June through the end of September. It's crazy. Like, I mean, <laughs> nobody sleeps. It's like, it's it, it gets a little nuts around here. So from that point of view, I didn't feel like it was any, you know, any uh, less hectic than it was the year before. And, and our sales kind of matched that. Like I said before, we didn't see those growths, you know, that growth that we saw a year past, right? Yeah. Uh, but we didn't see a decrease, which was nice. But a lot of companies saw a decrease you know yeah yeah i and think if we were in uh if we were in more of a health and fitness
1: yeah, category right
0: i think our sales would have gone up sure. our, oh yeah we're trying to get more healthy they're trying to watch their health you know lose weight things like that um so yeah when it's a product where you know once they were kind of done staying at home and would go to the grocery store you know uh we saw those you know kind of level back out yeah
1: yeah, no, I've I'm excited to. So I've I've only ever tried your bagged coffee, and I'm excited to to try some of the single servings because I'm, you know, predominantly hunting, you know, day hunts, whitetail hunts here in the Midwest. So to try to take a little bit of the Western um, style in terms of packing in, like a you know like a little single burner stove, yeah. uh, you know, like a Jetboil or, or something like that, and and having my coffee, or you know, even if I take a break midday, I mean, if I pour a cup of coffee at five in the morning you know, even in a, a thermos or something, it might not be quite as warm as, as what you'd like it and stuff like that. So I'm excited to, to give one of those a try. Come uh Yeah, man,
0: just let us know what you need and we'll send a box your way.
1: Yeah. So one more question here, Tony, before I let you go, do you have any, uh, big hunts or anything like that that you, uh, have planned for 2021?
0: I got a sheep hunt. Okay. This year, uh, in September, uh, September elk, Montana, uh, sheep hunts in Montana. Um, uh, I've got mule deer, antelope, um, black bear starting up here pretty soon. We hunt black bears in about a month and a half.
1: Yeah, I've got my uh, uh, my brother-in-law is actually heading out to uh, to Montana to do a black bear hunt this year. I'm a little jealous I can't uh, tag along on the trip with him.
0: Do you know which part of the state he's going to?
1: <sighs> I think he is over by Whitefish up in that area, I think. Okay,
0: so that northeast or northwest corner?
1: Yeah, he's going with a guide out there, him and a, him and a buddy of his... Um, but I'm, I, I think that's the area that he told me that he was heading. So it's his, he's, uh, awesome. yeah, he's, he's pretty excited about it. Um, he's hunted elk out there, uh, before. So black bear is going to be something new for him. So he's pretty excited about it.
0: Yeah. That, that Glacier National Park and the Bob and all that, like there is a ton of bears up in there, you know, Yeah. Uh, you know, the Bob Marshall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Glacier, I mean, I've, I've, I've been to Montana, I don't know. Two or three times in my lifetime and yeah that that northern part of montana is just absolutely gorgeous yeah
0: we've got a, a lot of bears uh around us uh black bears but more grizzly than anything I think. yeah yeah <laughs> when,
1: when we were out there and we would take some some family hikes and stuff like that that was like my wife was just always on like high alert that we were we were gonna run into a grizzly and, and everything like that
0: yeah Uh and you were out here in august uh
1: september september, september yeah, yeah.
0: September's kind of prime time for them I think you know they're they're kind of out and about and trying to fatten up for the winter to come so yeah when I was out uh, there. we've run into them a few times you know like this year I got in a crazy situation where I kind of like was elk hunting and um, just up above the house and and uh went up into this drainage and I kind of stumbled upon you know like some of the ranches will run their cattle up there
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, real high up and uh, I stumbled upon a a site where grizzlies had killed three cows oh wow and i just kind of walked out into the middle of it and there's you know there's grizzly scat everywhere and it's just torn up and i was just i'd never been more afraid in my life than at that one moment (laughs) i didn't see any bears you know and i had my gun and i was just ready to rock you know and uh but but you knew they were close oh they were they had to be watching me or something i mean they had to be Real nearby, I mean, they don't go far, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I, I thought
0: one was an elk wallow because it had, you know, it was like out in this meadow, you know, and it mm-hmm. had like buried one. So I thought it was like, you know, an elk will like dig up a wallow right spring, right? And I thought it was that. And I was like, oh, cool. So I was like walking towards it, and then it kind of dawned on me, and I was like, oh no, yeah, there's dude, blood here. Like, yeah, this isn't, <laughs> yeah, this isn't that's, a wallow. A, that's a cow covered in dirt, that's yeah, not, you know, that's not a dug open, uh you know wallow
1: yeah no and i saw uh on instagram earlier this year or i guess last year um uh, a couple different hunts that you had done with uh tristan over at uh 6 a.m outdoors looks like you guys had some success there
0: yeah we uh for mule deer and elk man we we kind of killed it you know um we both shot two nice bucks uh and on the way back i saw an elk tag in my pocket you know and um for whatever reason you know i, I just I was having a bad year you know and missed some big bulls and uh, and had you know twigs get in the way of my arrows and and uh, get some uh, superficial shots on bulls but so we were on the way back and we were kind of passing this range and i was like man let's i gotta l-tag in my pocket let's just go and man if it's brown it's down you know, there you cow, go whatever you know i was just i was kind of not done hunting but it was getting towards the end of the season and montana you get to hunt and you get to hunt hard you know and yeah um, you know you get long seasons, so it's not like you got 10 days i mean you've got months so after you know towards the end of november or whatever you know into november you're getting kind of a little saddle sore on, on hunting a little bit you know oh yeah it, uh, so i was like yeah whatever you know bull or, or or cow whatever gives me a shot we're gonna we're gonna get it and he went, we went to the spot that he knows of, uh, and it was a hump to get in there and it was like nine, nine and a half miles one way.
1: Ooh. Yeah. That is and a hike. There,
0: it's yeah. It's up into this mountain range. It's almost predominantly landlocked. And, uh, and, uh, we had glassed up two bulls a day before the spotters, like, like I said, like freaking 10 miles away. Um, well, actually it's, it's three and a half this way, but to get to them is, is yeah. about nine and a half, but um so we went in there and we just kind of we went and timber creeped in there and we got on the elevation line that we thought they were at and we just kept moving in slow and and very deliberate and nine and a half miles later two bulls stand up and i shot the one that gave me the shot you know about 60 yards um with a gun that shoots about a mile <laughs> yeah <laughs> crazy it's, it, uh, i mean that tank around
1: 60 yards i mean yeah we're i mean Hell, even if you can get a sixty-yard shot with archery, I mean, that, you know, for out west, I mean, a lot of guys will, will take that shot and not even think twice. But to have that with a rifle, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, just kind of nice,
0: you know. They gave me the opportunity to, like, you know, when I saw him, my arm was down with the gun, you know, and
1: so they kind of stood
0: up, and I kind of did the blacktail thing, like when we hunt blacktails. There's like always bushes. You just kind of lean into the bush and then <laughs> use the bush to get your rifle like right on their level. And then just lean out and then just boom, take the shot, which is really nice. He stood there for me to do that.
1: Nice. Well, congratulations, yeah. man. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a huge bowl. It was just, a, I think it was a three by four, but uh, he's meat in the freezer and I eat him every night. Yeah, yeah
1: he'll eat. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you taking some time to hop uh, on the podcast today. And I really enjoyed hearing more about uh, dark timber and kind of the evolution of where you guys started to where you're at now and, and, definitely looking forward to everything you guys have coming out this year.
0: Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Keep tabs on us. Cause I'm super excited about this year and, and the new stuff. And um, yeah, it's all going to be good.
1: Yeah. And real quick here, uh, before I let you go, um, if people aren't already familiar with dark timber, where can they find you guys at?
0: Uh, they can find us on our website, uh, darktimbercoffee.com. They can find it uh, with wilderness athlete, uh, wilderness athlete products, um, they can find it at Go Hunt. Um, they can find it at a bunch of retail stores. Um, yeah, you can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook.
1: Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Tony, man. It was great talking to you. Nice talking to you too, man. Take it easy. All right. See you later. All right. Well, big shout out to Tony for taking some time to hop on the podcast with me today. Uh, I'd like to thank the partners over at Stone Glacier and Go Hunt, as well as 2% for Conservation. And if you're interested in learning more about 2%, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And there you can see all the certified brands, including Dark Timber Coffee, that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop. I encourage you guys to follow 2% on social media where they're going to post only positive content so you'll enjoy their conservation-focused posts in your feed. Again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, stay safe out there and conservation starts with you.